This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dear Black Girl. And today's guest is the founder and CEO of a hair care product called all natural kinks and i'm super excited about this because this is like our first real episode about hair and hair love and hair journey which is surprising because hair is a big thing to black women as we all know yes so i would like to welcome to the show aj how are you i am so good unique i'm so excited about this i'm like finally girl we get to you know connect i mean via person but via zoom kind of you know (laughs) right so tell us about your brand uh, all all natural kinks tell us about it so i've always been a little bit natural hair or just hair obsessed and it came from a lot of when i was younger my insecurities with my hair uh, for a while in my adolescent years i was just not able to grow it i would see people with longer hair but uh and you know mostly not really not really people with my hair texture but i would see the curly girls and like people with straight hair and they were able to grow it And I just was uh, not. And I, um, so that's kind of what it was in my adolescence years uh, in college, got a little bit obsessed and just started digging into the research. I'm like, how how are we going to get you some long hair, you know? And I was like, I don't want to believe the myth. You know, black girls can't grow long hair. I was like, no, that cannot be. So I threw myself into what products I need to use. What process do I need to use? What is going to make like my kinky hair grow? And in that research, I was actually able to find the answer, use my own hair as the guinea pig and just grow my hair out. And it was it was huge for me. And I pretty much kept that same process throughout throughout college. After college, uh, I went into corporate. I was an IT consultant for about five years and still I practice with my natural hair and uh, like a lot of those products and processes. But girl, I just kept it for myself. I was like, you know what? We just gonna grow AJ's hair. That's it. That's all it was. But, you know, my fiance, well now fiance, boyfriend at the time was like, girl, what you doing? You know, you're just using it with yourself. Like, you know, this is, I mean, you can actually help other people grow out their hair. And I was like, well, you know, I don't know about business. I, I don't I don't know what that's about. But he helped me make the Instagram. We made the website and I mean, uh, you know, he let them know, like, you know, this is my girl's secret sauce. At the time, I had one oil that I was, you know, using and, you know, that type of thing. And people were like, how do I get it? Where do I need to go? Like, what do I need to do? And that's when, you know, I was like, well, let me go ahead and make a little batch, you know, and send it out to the people that wanted it. And literally, that's how All Natural Kings got started. And then I started doing more you know, selling it. And again, really using my Instagram as a platform to not only have like one single product, but really help other naturals get through the process of how to care. Because I feel like there's no such thing as one magic formula, but it's a process. And so a little bit fast forward um, in 2018, I was able to release that full process 
and products. So I was able to really, you know, give people the, the moisture and the leave-ins and the butters. And so, and then in 2020, I was able to release the full wash day kit. So same thing, process-based, how you're going to do it, and then the products with the process. So a little bit of my story and my journey. <laughs> What I find amazing is for as much money as the hair care or just hair industry brings in and how much money black women will spend on their hair, how how there isn't that many black women that own businesses within the hair care industry. Like, why do you think that is? You know what? I just think it's because, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe knowledge and education. I feel like there's a lot of, lot kind of involved in, and I think for me, first of all, what kind of like, uh, deterred me of not really wanting to start. I just felt like it was, I felt the industry, the hair care industry, like product space was oversaturated. I felt like, oh, there's so many products out there where will I fit in? How will I, you know, kind of make a name for myself? But going into it, you find exactly what you said you need, that there's an actually not that many, you know, black woman owned, you know, uh, people that are, or maybe people that are, have like the experience and the personal stories to back up their natural hair, I feel like. And so I think it's like, lack of knowledge, not really knowing and just going to Target and maybe going in the section and feeling like, you know what, how do I fit in? Where, you know, where do I go in that? It's, it's so much to kind of like process and think about. And that was it for me. Like I'm naturally a researcher. So I like kind of getting obsessed and going into YouTube and, you know, getting on my computer and getting into those blogs and going ham, but that's not really, I mean, if you're not into it, you kind of just want like, okay, what's going to work for my hair actually going to work for my hair? What's the process? What are the ingredients I need? And that's where I kind of saw I could really dive into the industry because it really wasn't that, you know, person doing particularly that. Like I saw a lot of different things, but it was just kind of like, again, you know, what, 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 about, what about the person that is just, you know, curious and just give, give me what I need, you know? And so that's kind of where I, I felt like, okay, all natural things, we go in there. I am the soul that lives within. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. So a lot of it, again, back to my adolescent years, was with my length. I felt like, you know, it wasn't, I couldn't do the styles that I would want. I couldn't do, you know, um, I don't know. I just, I couldn't do a lot with what I had. And also looking around, it wasn't really, I, I went to schools with predominantly uh, white, you know, white white people and Latino people and you know, they got all types of hair. Okay. Um, so, so kind of like seeing how I fit into that, that's really what, I don't know. I just didn't really know where to start and how to, you know, where to go from that. And so uh, that's kind of where it kind of started. And so my thing is this, or my biggest thing is this, you know, whatever length you have, do it. That's fine with you as long as you rock it. But my thing is like having the flexibility to kind of go wherever length you want. So if you want to rock long hair, okay, you know, here are the steps to get there. If you want to rock short hair, cool, but as long as it's healthy. So I, I think a lot of my insecurities was like, I don't know what to do with it. It's not where I want it to be lengthwise. It's not healthy. Like, what do I do? I will definitely say that before the natural hair boom that happened within the last decade, um, 
it was like kinky, kinky hair just wasn't it. It wasn't as no, that. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Everyone had the perms, um, braids, weaves. Well, yes. Just what was being thrown to our faces. Like you had all these celebrities, black series that looked like us. None of them were rocking their natural hair. Exactly. And it's so, so funny, Unique, when you say that, I think of like two of the people that I like, looked, especially like I felt like it was like the hair and it was skin tone too. I felt like it was a lot of, you know, because for me, I was like, okay, we're, we're the brown girls with the kinky hair. Um, again, it was not non-existent. And I would look at, you know, trying to do Kelly Rowland styles. And I think uh, <laughs> my girl from 3LW. <laughs> and not realizing they had weed, thinking that was their actual yes! <laughs> right. and be like, well, you know what? Maybe I can cut it in a style. And then wait, why doesn't my hair do that when I flat iron it? But the thing is, they weren't. And so now it's crazy because now we're given the background of what it is. But back then, you didn't know. You didn't know. Okay, well, girl, you throwing a weave to get that style. I'm just like, you know, trying to get my hair like, you know, three my girls from 3LW. And it just was like, honey, you know, it does not part like that. It does not go like that. So, yeah, that was a struggle. So, like, at, what was the turning point and when you started to, like, embrace your hair? The turning point was when I felt like I, I understood it more. I think the – so when I was in college, so and I'll give a little bit of more date. So I started college in uh, 2007. So, uh, so actually, you know what? I ended high school in 2007, started college in uh, 2008. And so I felt like that's when – I started, you know, getting more into YouTube and, you know, you had a, you did not, not the YouTube movement was not what it is now. I feel like it's so vast, but it was like three or four strong. Like I remember seeing long hair, don't care. And uh, I think, I think it was 2009. I might've seen her and seeing somebody with hair like mine, being able to grow it out and seeing people being able to style their, even, even before my hair was long, seeing people able to style their hair in cute styles and having texture like mine really made me like, okay, you know what, girl, like we can do it like this. You can do it like this. And I think that's once I knew how to do certain things, that's what really uh, helped me to accept my hair and really kind of accept myself in that and started seeing the beauty within me and really coming into myself and coming into, okay, girl, you got kinky hair, but you are beautiful. That doesn't matter. So I think it goes back to representation is so key. That's why I'm so happy where we are now. You can look anywhere. You can see, you know, short fro. You can see long, you know, long hair. You can see, you know, mid-sized hair. And there's a style and kind of reputation or uh, representation for everybody. So what do you think gave way to this, like, natural hair boom that took place I want to say like around 2011 10 yeah you know what I don't know I just I really think it was social media I think I think you know now that I'm thinking about it and actually I love that you asked that because I never really sat down to like think like it just increased in popularity but I think as social media increased and as like just the way we present information kind of increased. I think it did because when I started again, it was on YouTube and you started off with three, 
you know, a few months later, you had six, a few months later, you know, you had 12. And then I felt like that really was the start of it. And then I think when celebrities started adopting it, or when YouTubers really started getting big and just being on the forefront of it, I think that's what transitioned. And again, back to the rep representation. And I think Instagram, that's what played a part in it. And just seeing like, oh, wow, like, okay, we can do it like that. I can't, I'm trying to think of who was there like a celebrity that really put it on the map? I'm really trying to think. Um, I don't think it was. Like, I just remember in college and like one year, everyone was just like, yep, going natural. And it was, you remember, I don't know, because I, um, I just remember the days when I was the only one rocking the fro. Like, I remember it was just such the braid out. I remember it was like a braid. Me and my homegirl were like the only few rocking the braid out. And it was just, it, you know, it wasn't really a thing. But then, it literally turned into a thing overnight. I don't know, man. Like I, I was a little bit of. I'm gonna tell you, I, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't care too much about my appearance in college, girl. I tried. I was a straight bum. Like I feel like I was in it in high school. So I would just literally. I did what the. And this was another thing with with my research. I know this is gonna be funny, but I would do. I was like, you know what? The guys. Why does the guys' hair always seem to grow? Like I was just like, I was really like. I know with my boy Brandon, right? Like we were in. Uh, we went to junior high. We went to high school together, and every time, like he would just have cornrows with his regular hair. And every month he took it out. I was I got a little longer, got a little longer. And then, you know, mine didn't grow, of course. Little Brandon came up to me and be like, Well, why ain't your hair growing? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so that was really motivation for me. And I'm just kind of like, you know what? I'm gonna do it like the guys do it. And girl, I just went straight, like I would just braid my hair, single braid, sometimes cornrows, what whatever braid style I could get with my regular hair. And then I just got obsessed with the growth like I was just like however I look it doesn't matter but again like you know I I didn't I was not big on style I was just like you know doing what I needed to do with the with the single braids because again I saw Brandon and I was like look look you 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 see me when you know we go back for the for the breaks during college we'll see well how the hell do guys hair be growing fast and like they do the the worst stuff to their hair like <laughs> girl I'm telling you and I think it was just again no, low manipulation like that's why you know and that's what it was because you know they're even though they're they may not be putting you know like all the you know all the creams and all the leave-ins on their hair they were not touching it month to month they were just leaving it alone and I feel like with that you know it would just grow because that's my thing now with you know low manipulation hairstyles like if you really want that grow if you really want that hair to grow if you really want to retain your length don't touch it you know no you don't leave it alone and you're gonna notice again that that length retention but the thing for with guys is because it's like again like they don't i feel like it's a lot easier to kind of I don't know, not, not look good as a guy, but being able to rock those styles, you know what I mean? And just kind of like being able to do cornrows and it being cool. Sometimes, you know, if we don't got the right you, not, head shape or, <laughs> girl, you know where I'm going with it. Yeah, we were just looking silly, like trying to go to the, and then having to take it out when you want to go somewhere nice and, or just something or just, because again, the wig thing was not like, popping popping like it was I feel like now or like knowing how to do a wig and that type of thing or a wig was a stigma back then it was like girl you wearing a wig what you mean you know it's so like now you go to the grocery store throw on a wig you got an event throw on a wig that's it don't touch my hair so 
uh, I was, after college, I was in IT consulting for a while, for five years, and I just did not really find, I didn't really find my niche in that, I felt like. And so, you know, being being out there and, and just kind of like, I don't know, sur- surviving, I would say, as far as like my, my creativity, just being stifled and things like that, I didn't feel like I really had my I don't know. I never really got my for sure fitting in that. And then I felt like um, I had to make a transition. It was, I was in a point in my life. I was, you know, I was in a relationship, but I didn't really have any attachments. I didn't have any uh, kids at the time. And I, and I felt like, you know what, this is a time in your life where you can take a chance, you know, terrified, terrified, meaning like leaving my nine to five and just trying to transition to full-time entrepreneur and so I felt like with that it was again it was it was terrifying but I felt like this is the only time in my life where I can try something and be a little bit bold and active and so that's really what I did like I left my nine to five after five years and I was in DC at the time and I moved I actually moved to LA because I just needed a, I am from the Bay Area, but I wanted, I've always wanted to live in LA and California. And so I just made the leap of faith and just have been grinding. And that has, has been a, a learning curve in itself, which like figuring out, okay, now what do I do? How do I earn my money? What, how do I pay my rent? It was a, it was a huge transition. And did I, you know, start off full time? Yes and no. I girl, I had to take on side hustles, you know, to actually pay what I needed to pay. And I, you know, I was doing food deliveries for a while. I was doing, you know, um, I was working at, you know, warehouses and things like that just to, you know, just to do that. Never thinking like, oh, thinking like, oh, you know, girl, you a college graduate. Like, you don't need to be doing that. But no, you know, things needed to be paid. And I was really dedicated to wanting to spend most of my time on my business. So I felt like, um, you know, as what I thought it was going to be and what the reality was, wasn't really match up, but it still was, you know, still kind of was that learning curve coming up, if that makes sense. I love that because like when people like paint the picture of entrepreneurship, like, yeah, some people say like, it's not easy. It's not hard, but like everyone always tells the story like, yeah, working with nine to five, my side business was like, getting more money so like yeah like I love my nine to five to do this but they don't talk about like you know those first couple of months though <laughs> those first couple of years that 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 was a struggle yes and it's tough and you know what's funny and enough people don't talk about that you know and I think it's a problem because you know you think I think everybody has this you know I, I, I don't know I feel like entrepreneurship has become like a sexy word, you know, where it's just kind of like, oh, you know, like, wow, glamorous on your own doing this and doing this. But again, those you have to, you know, there's some sacrifices that have to be made and going into that. And again, if you, you know, some, some people have this time of work, some people might not, you know, and so it's just, it's a reality that I think needs to be addressed more. Yeah, because like when you go on social media, they always tell you like, find a business, do this, work for yourself, don't work for another person, not realizing like, maybe some people like stability. (laughs) Yes, 
thank you thank you and the thing is too there ain't nothing wrong with it like i'm I, i'm sick of this you know thing of like okay you know if you don't have a, you know your own um entrepreneurship business or you're not doing things on your own then da, 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 da. no i have my my best friend man she loves her she's a nurse practitioner you know went to school and everything you know she she loves she works nine to nine to five loves it at five does not want to do anything else does her garden that's it and she is killing the game you know what i mean and so it's just kind of like let's let's just be real of like okay what is your lifestyle don't just do it because you see it on ig don't just do it because you know homegirl like it seems like her life is glamorous no you really have to be serious of like okay what do you want your lifestyle to be yeah, because I, I understand, like, the the concept when everyone's like, make sure you always have something for yourself outside. Because, like, you know, you never know, like, if you get furloughed or laid off. But at the same time, like, yeah, not for everybody. Exactly, exactly. And I think kind of what you said, have a backup plan, right? Like, I think have a backup plan is good. But it doesn't, every you know, you don't necessarily have to, if it ain't you, you don't have to make something, you know, your full time this or you know what I mean maybe a backup plan could be like you know keep your resume up to date keep your LinkedIn up to date that could also be a back plan, backup plan just in case something else happens you can pivot another direction so like let's talk about building your brand like how difficult was that because <laughs> building a brand yes one of the most difficult things to do because the key is to yes and being consistent is hard as hell <laughs> let me tell you let me tell you and it's crazy because uh and i'm love that we're bringing this up because i'm in the i'm kind of in a process where i'm going back to my roots in a sense going back to what i uh what all natural kinks was based on because building the brand you think you know in the beginning i just went into this like wanting you know hair education for people and i only had one product so a lot of my stuff was education and this is how you can use this product but i felt like as i had more products i would kind of look towards other uh other businesses that were kind of you know my competition or competition or kind of in my niche and be like okay well i need to go in that direction right or i need to do what they're doing or i need to seem and as a small business i know my small business people can relate i have to seem bigger than i am you know and so to get noticed like no one can kind of see my flaws and so for a while that's kind of what i did like i started off with the education then i kind of veered away with like okay I need to present my products like this or you know i need to be a little bit less on the camera and more about like showing my pretty picture and my pretty website <clears throat> and you know like i said it, it it did grow but i was finding my engagement through a lot of and i i got away from youtube a lot a lot too and so my engagement i felt like yes sales went up but but kind of like my core you know people would would fall off after a while and so what happens is when stuff gets tough or when stuff gets slow you know um you don't really have that base you know for for your brand and so and then you kind of wonder like hmm what is that and so uh i i feel like you kind of get away from who you are because in building a brand what i find is most important is stick to you people come to you 
you know, again, even though there's for me, there's so many natural hair care brands, people come to me for me because I provide a different type of thing with my personality and my processes. So I feel like, uh, you know, it's so important. It's, it's difficult, right? Because there's so much out there, but it's so important to stick to, again, what kind of makes you unique. And so now I'm going back to, you know, creating my videos, talking one-on-one, you know, to my customers and talking one-on-one to the people that support me. And I find that even, it feels better. It feels more engaging. It feels more natural. And I feel like getting back to long-term, that's what's really going to sustain me. So what have you learned about being a black woman and running your own business? Like what, what are some difficulties or challenges you faced? Uh, to be honest, knowledge, you know, with, with how a lot of like the systems and the strategies work. So for me, my background is in biology. And so I knew a lot of like how to make the products and the chemistry behind those products. Uh, and I, I did minor in um, business management, so I knew a little bit about that. But as you grow, there's more stuff that you need to know. And I just did not have the knowledge. And I didn't really have anybody in my network to have that had that knowledge. So navigating, you know, as a business and trying to, you know, okay, when this comes up, what do I do? You know, when this comes up, who do I go to? And so I think just having that overall knowledge has been really difficult for me and now I'm trying to reach out more to like resources and people that do know and people that you know black women that do know but you know outside of black women you know white males or you know some people that are just an industry of like okay what do I need to do to to create my small business and make it into a big business eventually so Kit Cuddy's always been my guy. I've I always just been a huge fan of, of him. And I think Pursuit of Happiness, because I feel like I'm always kind of adjusting to that very thing. For a while and for, for you know, I feel like other entrepreneurs can relate to this. And I was on a call earlier that talked about this, is sometimes your your business becomes your identity. And so when things go bad, you don't, you're not, uh, you're not happy. You know what I mean? Or you're not, uh, you're not fulfilled, right? So if the sales aren't popping or if your video on IG didn't get the views or, you know, no one filled out that survey that you spent so much time for, you know, your happiness becomes affected. And so I've had to recheck myself so many times of AJ, what really does make you happy? Like outside of this, have my friends check me, have my sister check me and be like, you are not that, you are so much more, you're a kind, you know, you're, you're a great friend, you're a great sister and kind of bring those things out of me. So I feel like I'm always adjusting to that pursuit of happiness, finding out again, what makes um, AJ's joy? What, what, you know, what is AJ outside of her business? Basically, like everyone just has like a brand or persona that they attach themselves to or like even their job. So like, yes, one of the hard, hardest things to do is to disassociate yourself from like your, your job, your title, your, your quote unquote brand. And like, yes, I think people just instill who they are into like these non tangible things. 
I think it's hard not to be because to be honest, now we, every time we are judged by the statistics, you know, with everything that we do, think about again, how everything is ran, especially even if you're a content creator, even if you're not a content creator, even if you're just, you know, a person posting a picture, how many likes did that get? You know, um, how many views did that get? And we are constantly, you know, scrolling, comparing. It is impossible. I'm telling you, it is impossible not to compare yourself these days because, and unless you are unplugged from social media, and if you unplug from social media, uh, girl, you out the loop. <laughs> straight up so really what is the you know I know a lot of people take the breaks but I'm like well that's where my audience is so I can't really take a you know social media break like that you know um and so that's why I think nowadays it becomes who you are like the numbers become you and again a number even if you know if, if you are a business the numbers associate with the business which associates with you and if you're not a business even if you're somebody that just likes to put stuff out there it still is a little bit disappointing again if you didn't get the likes or you're not doing what so-and-so or you you ain't on a beach you know with that string bikini you know be like hot girl summer sis you know what i mean and so everything is like a competition now. so with, even with that like even in the last few uh weeks i've had to get someone to, because again, I always have to engage, I feel like on social media for business, but I've had to enlist help for that, right? Somebody else is actually going in who's not attached, you know, who loves me, but ain't attached to the brand like that, helping out with engagement and, and doing that. Because again, I was finding just, it was, girl, it was making me depressed. It was killing my pursuit of happiness, <laughs> straight up. Wanna make a change. Every time I hear that song, it's just kind of like, um, I just have to reflect and, 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 and so I feel like kind of what we were saying before, like not allowing yourself to really get stuck in something that's not authentically you, you know? And I think always having that, uh, you know, always having that reflection of, okay, what's important to me, who's important to me. And again, like by no means am I am I perfect at this I always have to reassess or have the people around me reassess like girl you know what <laughs> another another 16 hour day sis another 16 hour day you know and then I have to kind of like go back into like okay you know you are not this have you gone, gone outside today have you cooked yourself a meal today have you done that so I think it's always man in the mirror because you always I always have to reflect to keep myself sane you know eventually I do want to start a family and I do want to you know kind of you know that's going to be a different life for me so I, I feel like now it's important for me to always stay grounded and reflecting with everything I do when do you realize like you need to stop and take time for yourself? And do you find it hard to make time for yourself to like be still? Or do you feel like when you're in those moments when you're like being still and doing nothing, you could be doing something? So I'm uh, recently, <laughs> it's crazy because I feel like I am very unhealthy with it. I'm a workaholic. Hello, um, that's me. And so I usually do not get the wake up call a lot of times until I'm in it and overwhelmed. And, you know, that, that will reflect in a uh, lack of self-care. So in my, you know, my self-care, I, I think of like everything that I do as far as like, you know, being able to do my nightly routine, making sure, you know, hygiene is, is, is part of, you know, that cooking, you know, um, drinking my morning tea, having, you know, making sure I have enough vegetables, drinking my water. And so I think when those things are off, my body tells me. 
a lot of the times, right? Because I feel, you know, when I don't drink my water, I'm a little bit more dehydrated. When I'm not, you know, washing my face at night, you know, I feel like, you know, I get a lot more breakouts or, you know, um, sleep, right? Like, I feel like when I'm not getting enough sleep, I just, you know, I may get a little bit of sore throat in the morning or something like that. So I feel like that's one. It, it kind of like my body kind of letting me know like, girl, it's it, sis, okay, it's time. Or I feel like the people in my network, I, I feel like one of the things that has really kept me going and kept me, pull me back when it's been a little bit intense is, you know, like my fiance, my, you know, my, my friends letting me know and being real with me and saying like, oh no, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm working, but it's okay. It's okay. And my girl saying like, get out, get up, get out the house, come over or <laughs> those type of things. So I, I still have not really found that balance. I'm, I'm trying and I'm pushing, but those are my indicators. And now I'm really back on that pursuit of happiness <laughs> and back on that reflection where I need to, you know, kind of, I'm, one thing I'm, I'm in the process of learning is making a lifestyle what, where I don't have to get to hour 16 to realize it. You know what I mean? And kind of, making sure I built that into my plan. So in my actual to-do list that I have, okay, put, um, put working out as part of that, put going to the gym, part of that, put, you know, um, even though it's silly, you know, nightly hygiene routine into that. And so I think with those type of things, putting it into my actual to-do list has helped. Where do you think being a workaholic comes from so you know girl thank you thank you thank, I'm, I'm so excited to talk about this because girl it goes deep okay it goes deep 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 for me so um and I remember I haven't talked about this in like a year or two so I'm like oh my gosh and I when I actually discovered where it was for me personally so I feel like I've always had that um syndrome of having to prove myself and I distinctively remember I know it's a long time ago but I was think distinctively remember in third grade I don't know if you remember back to those like standardized tests and then you had to um I don't, I don't you always had to like write like a I don't know like a short story or something and then you were graded on that like one to six scale I don't know I don't know if you remember that but I I uh we were always like we obviously we were graded on like you know we had the little we had the a b and c but then you also had like the writing section so writing was never my forte I never really had that and I felt like every time with those tests, I would always get average scores. I would always get that three average. And I would look around and be like, you know, and then my third grade teacher was not the best. And, you know, I would not get the attention for being average. Like, I feel like I was always looked over. Like, no, I was never kind of, I felt like I was never the smartest student. I was never the person to get attention. I was never kind of like that star pupil. And I think that really sparked of like, well, in order for me to get that type of attention or in order for me to get those type of praise, in order for me to get there, I felt like I always had to work harder. And I feel like that's kind of where it started for me. Like I, so and I feel like always um, having to study more, you know, in school in order to get the grade, always having to, you know, not, not things not necessarily coming natural for me. So to be honest, from, I think from those averages and not wanting to be that person, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you, a little bit of that people pleasing too, <laughs> you know, I think that's where it started. And um, that and, and, and kind of building those unha unhealthy habits early of just like 
throwing myself into my work, I think it has carried on because I was the same in college, like grinding, grinding, pushing and being the people that, you know, be the person again, not getting myself together and grades over everything, grades over everything. And that's also when I was younger, that was instilled to me, like grades, grades, grades. So to be honest, I think that's kind of where that whole workaholic started of just kind of like throwing myself because I'm not good enough. You know, I'm not good enough unless I do this. And I think somewhere along the line, you know, you for you, you don't realize you have changed, right? Where it's just like, no, AJ, you're, you don't have to work that hard anymore, but still, but not really wanting to let it go because that's how I was able to move up. Sometimes with your standards, you will never be, you will never be good enough to the standards that you put, right? And so it's like, you're always going to be in a, it becomes a cycle because it's just kind of like, you're, because you know why? You're always going to find someone that's doing more. You're always going to find someone that may be ahead of you in the game, right? And so it's just kind of like, and that's life. You know what I mean? People are different stages in life and like, you don't know what it took for them to get there, right? You don't know what's going on in their life, you know? But again, with that scroll factor, going back to, you know, social media and it being at our fingertips, we can always, it's a scroll away from your comparison and like that feeding your insecurities. And so I feel like that just really, you know, adds to that of like, you know, okay, um, I need to be doing more. Or I, oh, look what so-and-so's business is doing. Okay, I need to, you know, I need to get back, back on the email drive or I need to put out a survey or I need to put out a new post because so-and-so. And so then again, instead of just being like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to just do it. My thing has always been, uh, for me, at, like, at least, you know, kind of with my business has been kind of speaking to the girl, uh, speaking to my past self, speaking to that little black girl, you know, that little insecure black girl, you know, who was insecure with their hair. So that's kind of how I've always felt like has been my core value within my business of just kind of like, okay, making her feel that she uh, can grow out her hair, making her feel that she, you know, does have options, you know, with her hair and that type of thing. So my thing now has been making sure I'm educating, making sure I'm letting them know and being a rep, being a self-representation myself. And so to be able to do that now has just been incredible having people kind of contact me and say like, wow, you know, um, thank you so much for what you do. And I was able to, you know, now I'm able to do this style or now I feel more confident in my hair or seeing, you know, you walk, rock your hair in like a shrinking state has made me feel more confident to go out and just rock my Afro. You know what I mean? And so those type of things are really, uh, where my core is at, where my heart is at and just speaking to, you know, little AJ. So what do you want your legacy to be? Ah, ooh, I love that. I think the biggest thing I want my legacy to be is that uh, I left um, a lasting impact through a few different things. I feel like lasting impact through just reflecting, like I think just being just a person that um, has not let kind of like society rule her and like or just kind of let you know kind of not a person not being lost in the sauce but a person that is always trying to um improve and be better and you know reflecting on themselves and so I feel like 
that's what I want to be remembered as. And you'll, you know, the answers are not, you know, I don't know, it's not just one answer, but it's always going to be like a process of answers. You know what I mean? Like it's always going to be, you're always going to learn and always be open to learning as, you know, um, things go on and time goes on. Sis, dear black girl, you are beautiful. You are powerful. You will change the world. Do not put so much stress on yourself. Continue to do what you do every single day and enjoy the hell out of life. Signed, AJ Watkins slash All Natural Kings. <laughs>